Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hey everybody, I'm Zach. And I'm Jesse. And you're watching Tesla Time News. Episode 306. On Now You Know. Thank you to Keeps for sponsoring today's show. Keeps is a subscription service that makes it easier and more affordable for men to treat their male pattern baldness online. Two out of three guys will experience some form of male pattern baldness by the time they're 35. Now, I'm living proof of this, so the best way to prevent hair loss is to do something about it while you still have your hair left. With Keeps, you'll get a free online consultation with a licensed doctor who will recommend the right hair loss treatment plan for you. Keeps offers clinically proven generic versions of the FDA-approved medications for hair loss, which makes it more affordable. If you're looking for real results, you owe it to yourself to check out the testimonials on the Keeps website. Find out why Keeps has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors and why hundreds of thousands of men trust Keeps for their hair loss prevention. If you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com slash now you know, or click on the link in the description to receive 50% off your first order. Don't put it off. Go to keeps.com slash now you know. And we've mentioned a couple times this summer that one of the nation's top nonprofits fighting climate change is raffling off your choice of a 2022 Rivian R1T pickup truck or a build-your-own deluxe Tesla. The summer raffle is now halfway over and there's a huge update. It's undersold. The group has sold barely 1,700 tickets with nearly 4,000 still unpurchased. That's fantastic news for anyone who's already bought a ticket or wants one now. Visit www.evraffle.org and take advantage of these ridiculously good odds and help out this great cause. A reminder, the Chesapeake Climate Action Network Action Fund went out and actually bought a Rivian Launch Edition truck. They have it in their garage in mint condition and you get the keys the day of the drawing. No waiting like other Rivian sweepstakes. All this for a ticket price of just $200. And if a Rivian isn't what you want, the raffle winner can choose a build-your-own Tesla instead, worth up to $135 thousand dollars that's amazing so you can get yourself a plaid if you want the raffle runs for another few weeks again tickets are way undersold all proceeds fund the nonprofit's work to promote clean energy nationwide again buy your tickets at evraffle.org your odds may never be better and we're brought to you by our amazing patreon patrons help support us bring you independent news every week by heading over to patreon.com slash now you know and there you're going to find some amazing perks spock run a full diagnostic on the transporter we must find out what is causing this strange reaction you know i'm not spock right and this isn't the enterprise then take out your phone and open your tesla app and diagnose your model 3. this isn't star trek computers can't diagnose things or can they okay what are we talking about jim well tesla adri discovered a new self-diagnostics feature in the source code of the tesla app when you schedule a service appointment in the app for certain categories it triggers a diagnostic and informs you if a fault is present in this example, the diagnostic found a problem with the Bluetooth in the vehicle. Pretty cool, huh? 
pretty cool. That is cool, but it sounds like it's going to be most effective at finding problems with computer-related issues and less so with things like suspension parts and brakes. I mean, I thought the same thing, but then I was thinking there are sensors all over the place. I mean, there's tire sensors and there's temperature sensors on motors and stuff. So, I mean, it is possible if you had really good AI that you could start to detect like, oh, that passenger side window motor has been getting hot lately. Uh, maybe it's going to fry itself. Hmm. We should replace it before it goes bad. Like, Interesting. It's possible maybe that those things could be diagnosed before they even go wrong. Button down the hatches. What's going on now? The FUD storm is about to blow in. Trim the mainsail. What are you talking about, though? Didn't you hear, lad? Andre Kapathy is leaving Tesla. That's right. When we reported that 35-year-old Andre Karpathy, Tesla's senior director of AI, was taking a sabbatical back in March for four months, we knew that he was either taking a much-deserved rest or he was getting ready to leave and using up his vacation time. And now we find out that he was using up his vacation time. He said, it's been a great pleasure to help Tesla towards its goal over the last five years and a difficult decision to part ways. In that time, Autopilot graduated from lane keeping to city streets. And I look forward to seeing the exceptionally strong Autopilot team continue that momentum. Now, we all may be just getting confirmation now that Carpathy is leaving, but I'm pretty sure that Tesla knew back in March. So even though we're sad to see Andre go, I mean, come on, he is a brilliant guy. The good news is that Tesla has probably already got this covered with either Ashok Aswarmi or Milan Kovac. And Elon hasn't changed his typical full self-driving should be ready by the end of the year mantra. So I don't think that Andre leaving is going to mean the end of full self-driving. Yeah, I mean, Tesla attracts the best software engineers in the world. This isn't one person building this. We're talking a team of brilliant minds that have made amazing strides. I wouldn't be surprised to see Carpathy hired by one of Tesla's competitors. And honestly, that's a good thing for the world. More competition in full self-driving means we'll get there faster and have a safer world. Because don't forget why we're doing this. There are a million deaths on the road every year worldwide. And if you want to learn more about our autonomous driving future, we made a 10-part series that you can check out here. So I think the big question here is, uh, why did Andre leave? I think it's kind of obvious that it's not a very easy job at Tesla. I mean, he admitted to working like 18 hour days. Um, he said that some of their best work came like at three in the morning when you've been working on a problem for 12 hours straight. Mm -hmm. And I just think that runs a toll. I mean, you're just human, right? You can't do that year after year. And so my guess is that uh, he's probably getting some amazing offers from, from some other companies. Mm -hmm. And wouldn't you also be considering those offers? And I think that a lot of people look at this and they go, see, that's bad. I kind of disagree. This is sort of like if you were doing a one mile race um, and instead of, you know, OK, everyone lines up and go and everyone races at the same time. It's like go and one person starts sprinting and you're like, well, what are they what are they doing? And then they get, you know, quarter mile in and they pass the baton to the next guy who just sprints. And then they finish the race in like a quarter of the time as the other contestants are like, right. I was keeping a steady pace the whole time. But I mean, other people have said maybe it's because Elon works people too hard and that he also changes direction quite frequently. Um, if you change strategy all the time, it does piss people off. It's true, but I do think that it is the fastest strategy to getting to the end of the race. Yeah. So you remember that Elon announced last month that Tesla was laying off thousands of salaried employees. As the recession hits, many companies are downsizing. But if you're like me, you may have wondered, where do these employees go? Where do we go now? Well, this survey from LinkedIn Navigator shows where a sampling of them went. Now, obviously, this is just 457 departing Tesla employees. It's not the thousands of them. But this chart does give us insights into where they are headed. Interesting that the company that hired the most ex-Tesla employees was Rivian, followed closely by Apple and Amazon. 
Lucid Motors, which is headed by an ex-Tesla employee, uh, then Google, Meta, and Microsoft. They also picked up a big chunk, and also Redwood Materials, SpaceX, and Zooks. Now, were all these employees the bottom of the barrel Tesla employees? No, I don't think so. Uh, many were highly paid with years of experience and were probably let go just to reduce payroll. Um, ultimately, many of these other companies are getting well-trained, highly motivated, and smart people to join their companies. Yeah, I mean, I think of Tesla as a university. It's almost like they just graduated a big class mm -hmm. of people and they went on to work at other companies. And this is just good for the planet. I mean, you might say, well, this is bad for Tesla because these are competitors. Yeah, but is Rivian really a competitor to Tesla? Come on. And I think all of this comes down to uh, work culture. I think that ex-Tesla employees who are headed to these companies are going to be bringing um, some of the positives of Tesla's uh, work culture, but I don't think that they're necessarily going to be able to accomplish quite as much mm. if they're not in the exact same environment uh, that led them to succeed quite as much. But uh, we'll see. Maybe, uh, you know, Rivian is going to get such an influx of ex-Tesla employees that they're just going to turn into Tesla and start kicking butt. That remains to be seen, but we'll, you know, Good, good luck. Hey, and if you want to help out this channel, we'd really love it if you hit that like button right now. No, no, right now. Vietnamese EV startup VinFast seems to be living up to their fast name. Uh, this week, they opened up six stores in California and announced that they received incentives to build an EV factory in the state of North Carolina. The incentive plan totaling over $1.2 billion is set to start construction of VinFast plant in Chatham County in the second half of this year with production scheduled for July of 2024. The incentive package includes job development incentives, a grant of over $316 million over 32 years, state appropriation of $450 million to cover site preparations, road improvements, and additional water and sewer infrastructure, community college training worth $38 million, Golden Leaf Foundation grant of $50 million, and $400 million in incentives from Chatham County. Okay, so let's call it $920 million for the first two years in terms of what VinFast is really going to be able to use. That $316 million over 32 years is inflating the total by a lot. But I mean, over 32 years, that's that's nice to just check, please, for I, $9 well, I million. Wanna, I want to go to line two. Yeah. State appropriation of $450 million to cover site preparation, road improvements, blah, blah, blah. Um, that's a lot of money. Oh, like, yeah. that's a lot of money at once. So the state really wanted them to be there and must really feel that this is going to bring in real jobs. Like, I think we're all a little bit concerned about this company because we don't know much about it. Mm. But if it turns out to be a real company mm -hmm. that's going to really produce EVs, this could be a big, big deal for the state of North Carolina. Yeah. I mean, this is the first car factory in North Carolina. So uh, congratulations, North Carolina. Your first car factory is an EV factory. Give yeah. yourself a pat on the back. That's historic. Now, we didn't report on this previously because it was only in the rumor stage, but now it appears to be official. Panasonic is going to be building a second EV battery cell factory in the US to supply 4680 cells for Tesla. The governor of Kansas, Laura Kelly, just announced last week that Panasonic will be investing $4 billion in Panasonic's second US battery cell factory. The first, of course, being located at Tesla's Gigafactory. Now, we don't know the production capacity yet, but if it's a plant costing $4 billion, then we're probably talking at least 50 gigawatt hours per year. Sochiro Watanabe, the CTO of Panasonic Energy, also told Reuters last week that Panasonic is looking to increase the battery density of the 4680 cells by 20% by 2030. They plan to do this by, quote, using a new mix of additives to allow individual cells to run at a higher voltage without damaging the battery's performance. Panasonic is looking to increase the voltage of each cell, which is currently at 4.2 volts. 
Watanabe said, if we can get that to 4.5 or 4.6 volts, I think the whole world view in terms of what's possible for EVs would change. This new plant will be producing about 4,000 new jobs, and Governor Kelly says this first-of-its-kind investment will represent the largest economic development project in Kansas's 161-year history. And Panasonic definitely shopped around for the site of this plant. Kansas is giving them an incentives package worth more than $820 million. Yeah, during the rumor phase, it looked like they were going to Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Which is closer to Giga Austin, which would have made even more sense. As you can see by this map here, I mean, it's an extra state away, but it's not that far away from Texas. Um, And again, another amazing story about a state that is finally getting it and realizing that this new technology is worth putting some money down to get in your state. It's really interesting to see two states that have typically not had this kind of investment go into them, mm-hmm. but we're going to see massive factories opening up in these states. And I'm, I'm very excited about it. It really shows how the future of this is going to influence jobs. They took our jobs. Jobs, jobs, jobs. So I think that this is the best news all week. Wait, wait, what is this? Uh, Tesla owner Silicon Valley tweeted out, did you know that your Tesla is a gaming console? My kids love the amazing games in our Tesla. Tesla makes a phone on wheels that gets better over time. And Elon responded, we're making progress with Steam integration demo probably next month. Uh, I'm, what? <laughs> oh, I, I don't I don't get it. Let's talk about what Steam is, because if, you, if you're like... It's hot water. No. Okay, well, yes, but no. Uh, it's also the name of a gaming platform. Oh, right. That's right. Steam. In my opinion, one of the best platforms for owning games. Uh, basically, you have an account. You can buy games on it. You can install those games on uh, you know, any computer that you are logged into, and then you can play. Um, it sounds simple, but a lot of people really like it, including me. And I think that if Tesla were to integrate with them, it would mean that you could play your entire existing catalog of games on the Tesla screen. Now, wouldn't this only work on the Model S and X? Maybe, because yes, the Model S and X are the ones with the actual gaming computers in them, but there is such a thing as Steam Link, where you can take a lesser computer, like a laptop, um, hook it up via the internet to a more powerful computer that you own, and then you can play the, the game on the more powerful computer, but then stream it to your laptop and then you can play, uh, you know, really intensive games on a laptop that normally couldn't play those games. So I think, hopefully, Steam and Tesla could implement a system where if you had a powerful gaming rig at home, you could Steam link it into your car. And even if the latency was atrocious and you couldn't play first-person shooter games, you could still play a lot of, like, card or turn-based strategy games. So this is better news than thousands of new jobs at big factories in our country. Well, for me. For you. I see. For for gaming. Gotcha. You know. Gotcha. <laughs> for fun. And so you know that on this channel, we're constantly harping on legacy automakers for not seriously adopting EVs. Uh, we've been doing this for years. And one of the most blatant pieces of that is fast charging networks. Well, last Thursday, GM announced a brand new charging network, Ultium Charge 360. Oh, wow. That's great. GM is finally getting vertically integrated like Tesla, building and maintaining their own Chargers. Okay, well, wow, they listen to us. Mm, don't get too excited. Uh, they're partnering with EVgo to do the stations and Flying J for the locations. Okay, um, but how many chargers are they rolling out? So GM says that over 2,000 stations at 500 Flying J locations. So that's four chargers per location. Haven't we told them this before? When are they going to learn? That's not enough. Right. Um, so these will be going in at pilot uh, gas stations, 
um, basically truck stops uh, throughout the U.S. So these will all be built on the interstate. Um, interesting map, though. Obviously, nothing has been built yet, so all these dots don't really mean anything. But, you know, take a look at this. 500 dots. Um, that's less than a third of the locations that Tesla has and a few hundred fewer than the locations that uh, Electrify America has. But it's really interesting. It's more Midwest focused, I would say. Yeah, I mean, makes sense. GM is headquartered in Detroit. And so you want to put the dots around Detroit. Yeah. But I don't think it competes with Tesla in terms of density anywhere. Yeah. I mean, 500 stations can only do so much. But but if you add the 500 stations of Ultium Charge 360 and the existing 758 Electrify America stations, I mean, you're still missing nearly 500 more locations. Maybe that could be filled in with an existing EVgo stalls. I don't know. You're going to be missing something. Something. Yeah, an entire swath of the continent. I mean, this is, as we know, just a cash grab. I mean, the federal government is looking to invest in charging infrastructure, and I'm not sure this is exactly a good investment. So what do you mean? Uh, billions of dollars set aside for charging. These companies want that money. They don't really know how to do it or do it well. As you've seen in our video contributor stories, we have viewers who have gone to Electrify America stations. In fact, they're continually sending us more videos where they go to a, a location and all four chargers are not working. Mm. And it's like, if on your app it says they're working and then you get there and you can't charge, you're in trouble. And I know that a lot of the federal money is supposed to go to networks that are 97% uh, uptime. And that's I mean, not enough. It, it would be great if it were true. I just don't know how you would a measure that in a in a way where it's like, yeah, oh, yeah, I was a 97% trek a box. But, but even go, but even 97% is not enough. Like if you go to a gas station and 3% of the time it's not working, you're going to never go to that, that gas station I mean, that would again. be like if a gas station was down, what, like two weeks a year? Yeah. And it, randomly, just, though. Just, yeah. not, not even like a summer vacation, right. just randomly. Just yeah, we didn't feel like coming to work today. <laughs> and the, the lights would still be on. Right. You'd, you'd still see the pumps and you'd still, were on. Right, you'd you still know? put the pump in your car and right. be like, nothing's happening. Yeah. Why is nothing happening? I guess I'll move to the next pump. Right. Oh, nothing's happening. Right. Like, you would stop going there. That's true. So Aptera, the three-wheeled electric solar vehicle startup in San Diego, California, has started a petition. Steve Fambro and Chris Anthony, the two co-CEOs of Aptera, have started a petition on Change.org for Congress to make Tesla superchargers and plugs the standard in the U.S. for EVs. So far as the airing of this, the petition has gotten over 20,000 signatures. Do you think that this is a good idea? And do you think that Congress will listen? Well, I think that Chris and Anthony are right. I mean, just look at the size difference here. Tesla is able to deliver the power in a much smaller form factor than CCS or J1772, which is lighter and cheaper. Yeah, the petition cites that superchargers cost one-fifth the cost of other networks, as we've reported on before. Yeah, also Tesla Supercharger Network has proven itself to be the best in the world compared to any other. So, are they right? Yes. Will Congress listen? I doubt it. We've already seen how much pressure the other big auto manufacturers and unions have on the federal government. But whether Congress listens or not, I think this was a smart move on Aptera's part because I think... It will get Elon's attention. And I have one more point. Yeah. You might be saying, well, Zach and Jesse, I mean, there's all these other cars that have the, the different plug. Do they, though? Are there more EVs in the U.S. that have CCS or have the Tesla connector? Answer me that question. Just yeah. think Just think about that for just a minute. Just right. think if, about if it. If you're going to change one or the other. May, why, why make the majority of the EVs change their plugs? To the worst plug. I'm just, I'm just asking. So I'm just saying... 
I signed the petition. I think you yeah. might want to sign it too. Regardless of whether it works, I, let's just send the message. And again, I think Aptera is going to get Elon's attention, which means they'll probably be allowed to use the Tesla plug. I mean, this is a great way for Aptera to, to use the Tesla plug. If it becomes the standard, right. well, then they get to use the better plug. And exactly. they have to, the, the, the tapering end of their I know. super efficient uh, car can now have a tiny plug. And plug good into for it. them. They're engineers and they want to use the best engineered technology. This is why I like Aptera. Yeah. Okay, that's why I like Aptera. You were wondering why? That's one of the one of the reasons why I like Aptera. Yeah. So Ford appears to be gearing up for the production of more electric pickup truck models because it has filed for trademarks for the Maverick Lightning and Ranger Lightning in Europe and the Maverick Thunder and Ranger Thunder in the US. Now, hang on. The Ford F-150 Lightning is the model name for Ford's first electric pickup truck here in the US. So you're saying that when the smaller Maverick and Ranger electric pickup trucks come out here, they will be called the Maverick Thunder and the Range Thunder. Why not keep the Lightning name? Because Ford likes to be confusing. Come on, Jesse. I mean, you have to justify those big corporate executive paychecks and the 35th floor offices, right? So you can't just simply call all your electric trucks Lightning. That would be too simple. It's simple. You have to keep consumers guessing. Oh, I'd like to buy the Maverick Lightning. I see you'd like to travel to Europe. What? No, no, I want to buy an electric pickup truck. In Europe? No, no, here in the US. Oh, then you want the Thunder. No, no, I want a battery electric pickup truck. Right, we call that the Thunder. But I thought it was the F-150 Lightning. It is. So then I want the Ranger Lightning. Here you go. What's this? There's an airline ticket to Europe where you will find the Ranger Lightning. We sell the Ranger Thunder. So the Ranger Thunder isn't electric? It is electric. Then I want that. I think I know why. I think I figured it out. Okay. I think you have these different corporate silos, one in Europe, one in America. Okay. And the ones in America were like, hey, I wrote this this piece. Um, we're going to publish it somewhere where no one's going to read it. So I'm sure it's somewhere where they go, the lightning came first. And then after lightning comes. Thunder. Thunder. I see. You get it? No, but okay. You I see, in corporate the lightning world, I guess. came first. And then our thunder is what came after. And thunder's loud. And we're loud and proud about our truck that is silent. Why can't they just call it the same thing everywhere? Well, I mean, what if you walked in and you said, I want a lightning? Which one do you want? Do you want the lightning or the thunder? Or do you want the reverberating boom that comes after the thunder? And speaking of electric pickup trucks, Chinese auto manufacturer Geely, you know, the company that also owns Polestar, Lotus, Jaidu, Zeker, and Volvo. Well, now they have started a new brand called Radar Auto, which will make electric SUVs, ATVs, and wait for it, pickup trucks. Here is their RD6, which was designed by British auto designer Peter Horbury. All we know about the RD6 so far is that it will come with single and dual motor options. There are also electrical outlets in the bed, and according to Radar, the RD6 will begin deliveries in China in Q4 of this year. Uh, thoughts? Is it going to compete with the Rivian like they wanted to? Because they're, you know, they're starting this outdoor adventure brand. Well, it's going to be in China. So. Well, I mean, I think it'll eventually come here. Really? Yeah. I mean, we haven't seen hardly any Chinese manufacturers come to the United States yet. But they're coming. Remember I, what we said. I, it's, tr it's true. They're coming. Okay. I think this proves our point, actually, that they're coming. Because, I mean, you know, the pickup truck market is a U.S. market. But, I mean, there, there are other markets in the world that, that want pickup trucks. But, yeah. I don't know. Uh, comment down below what you think. Do you think that it's a good-looking pickup truck compared to, I don't know. I mean, obviously, nobody likes I mean, we, the uh, Ridgeline. Everyone I mean, hates the Honda Ridgeline. We right? need more stats, though. It, we can't just base this on looks. 
We we need to know what this pickup truck oh. does. You know, range, oh. efficiency, yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, I guess so. But of course, all anyone cares about is looks, which is actually, of course, not true, as, as you were saying, because over a million people have signed up for the Tesla Cybertruck. And all of those people, of course, still waiting. If you need your fix for Cybertruck news, you can head over to the Cybertruck Owners Club. And don't forget their 3D configurator, which allows you to visualize the Cybertruck in any color, wrap, and logo, both on screen and in augmented reality. Thank you, Cybertruck Owners Club, for supporting this channel. So we just tested two new e-mobility products on Now Let's Review that I think you're going to want to check out. And by we, you mean Ethan. Yeah, except we all get to try them out. And both of these products from Niu are really fun. First is the Niu KQI3 scooter, which could be the perfect commuter scooter. I mean, it really feels substantial. It's nicely built with like a comfortable deck and handlebars. And nicely designed too. It looks good. Yeah, Ethan does a great job putting it through its paces from brakes to acceleration to range. If you're interested in a scooter to get you to work, check out this review. Also this week, Ethan reviewed my new favorite, the Niu MQI Plus Sport electric moped. Yeah, you liked it so much we made an in-depth about it. Yeah, it's so much fun and it has so many uses. If you watched our in-depth on how much money you could save driving this moped um, and it caught your interest, then you should definitely check out uh, Ethan's review over on Now Let's Review. I, I talked a little bit about it on there too. And please consider subscribing to Now Let's Review because it helps us get a hold of products like these uh, that you want us to review. So back in 2019, NHTSA put into place a regulation that hybrids and EVs should all have pedestrian noisemakers. In 2020, it was put fully into effect. If you remember, this was right around the time when boombox mode was released via software updates to Tesla vehicles. And this was completely allowable since NHTSA didn't have any guidelines on sounds. But NHTSA didn't like that and this week decided that it would not allow automakers to let drivers use any sounds as a pedestrian noisemaker, even ones deemed compliant. According to NHTSA, the great majority of the comments on the notice of proposed rulemaking, including those submitted by advocacy organizations for the blind and by people who are blind or who have low vision, did not favor the proposal to allow hybrid and electric vehicles to have an unlimited number of different pedestrian alert sounds. Except that the National Federation of the Blind just sent a joint letter to NHTSA explaining the very obvious reason why that's the worst decision that they could make. And in fact, that basically NHTSA did not listen to them because if I can't change the dumb sound that my car makes, what am I going to do? Am I going to sit there and go, oh darn, if only I could have changed it to something funny like coconuts or something like that. No, knowing you, you're gonna take out the snippers uh -huh. like you did and uh -huh. you're gonna disable that sound. Yeah. I'm going to disable the dumb sound. Wire cutters are not expensive. I would argue that Tesla's boombox mode likely saved hundreds of lives because Tesla had to ship out cars that had to make noises. Then Tesla jujitsu's it into a fun thing that I suddenly felt very, oh, I wish I had boombox mode because I got my car in 2018 before they put in the noisemakers. And I wish that I had boombox mode then Nitsa comes in and goes, no, no, no. It's too much fun. Make it sound like it's a Stop UFO. Stop having fun. Don't let it sound like a horse. It should sound like a dumb, weird UFO sound. No other cars are having this kind of fun. So basically this regulation is going to cost human lives because uh, if we care about the visually impaired, it's important to realize that a car making fart noises is a lot safer than the one with the speaker missing because someone snipped it out because they don't like the dumb UFO sounds that it makes. Right, I mean, cause who cares why you didn't bump into a car, whether it was farting at you or making snake hissing jazz right. noises. And this is the point that I have been trying to make for months and years. And I'm being agreed with by the National Federation of the Blind because 
if you don't allow people to change the noise and they don't like the noise because the noise is dumb and most of the noises are dumb, they're going to just snip them out of the cars. Now I n- I dead know silent to, cars. I know how to solve the problem. What? Freedom noise. <laughs> America, <laughs> it's your right. Just an eagle. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually not what uh, bald eagles sound like. That's a red-tailed hawk. Oh. Did you know that? No. Yeah. Bald eagles sound like this. That's a bald eagle? Yeah. No wonder we made it more beefy. (laughs) Yeah. All right, it's time for a little bit of SpaceX news. The Starship booster had what appeared to be an unexpected methane explosion on July 11th. And so that's the end of the SpaceX program, (laughs) right? Um, Well, no. Elon responded to Chris Bergen on Twitter saying, uh, yeah, actually, uh, not good. Team is assessing damage. Yeah, see, I told you. That's the end of SpaceX. (laughs) Two days later, he was down at Boca Chica inspecting the booster with the team. He said uh, it was just up in the booster propulsion section. Damage appears to be minor, but we need to inspect all the engines. Best to do this in the high bay. So they're probably going to have to move the giant booster back into the high bay to inspect every one of the uh, dozens of uh, Raptor engines. Okay, but this was just a test let's remember right this wasn't supposed to be perfect right i mean basically i don't think they were expecting this to happen what happened was they were running a a small spin prime test where they would be spinning up the turbines in the rocket engines this spat out some methane fuel and from what some people think is that the methane coming out of the nozzles came into contact with something hot on the ground, maybe like a generator, and it caused this big explosion. Um, but we still haven't heard anything definitive as to whether this will dramatically affect further testing if this is going to disqualify this rocket from ever flying, which would be sad. Right. But again, not like the news media making it sound like that was the end of space. Oh, they can build another one, right? right. They've already built this one. Right. They've built multiple. Yeah. It, it's not going to set them back years like it would be if this were Boeing. Probably just weeks. Probably just so Hyundai launched the Ionic electric sub-brand in 2020, and the first EV in that lineup, we've all seen it, at least on the show, if not in person, is the Ionic 5 crossover. It's been in high demand. Now Hyundai has revealed the Ionic 6 all-electric sedan. It looks quite a bit different from the concept we saw in 2020. Here's the concept in black. And here's the final production, Ionic 6 in white. Now, we don't know the price yet, but we do have some specs. Uh, 53 or 77 kilowatt hour battery pack options, which is the same as the five. Uh, Single or dual motor options. 379 miles or 610 kilometers of range. And that's WLTP, so that's not real. Uh, Zero to 60 in five seconds with the top tier performance edition. 350 kilowatt DC fast charging in 18 minutes from 10% to 80%. Over the air updates for the driver assist. Very cool here. Vehicle to load with two outlets, both 110 and 220 volts. Nice. I think Hyundai is doing a good job. Yeah. I I, uh, I don't really have anything. I, I like the Ionix lineup. They seem to be rolling out the, the stuff pretty quickly here. And I do want to say, even though this isn't the real world range, they are very efficient cars. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, so, yeah. I mean, I think the only reason that I wouldn't get one of these over a Tesla would be... Uh, just charging availability like we've talked about before that could obviously change but uh yeah i'm interested yeah let's talk about another ev the polestar 2 has been a pretty popular ev with sales up uh, 125 in the first half of this year compared to last year next up for polestar is their suv the polestar 3 which should be debuting in october this will be the first polestar model built in the u.s at polestar's new facility in south carolina and now we have some idea of the pricing for the polestar 
3 model. Yeah, the CEO of Polestar, Thomas Ingenlath, told Automotive News Europe that pricing should be between $75,500 and $110,000, and he sees it as a flagship SUV competing with the Porsche Cayenne, saying, it's an SUV which everyone loves, but it's also very aerodynamic and very engaging to drive. It's not a car to drive to the kindergarten. So don't but be thinking a, you can drive to the kindergarten. This is not what this is for. Isn't it an Pol- SUV? <laughs> yes, but Polestar <laughs> expects to sell 24,000 uh, Polestar 3s next year and 100,000 Polestar 2s. Then will come the Polestar 4. Ingenlath says we have a second SUV in our pipeline. It will compete below the Polestar 3 $75,000 sector. It is slightly smaller. It will not compromise on the interior length, but this car is slightly more ground-hugging, a bit more of the coupe-type roofline. The Polestar 4 really brings the greatness of the brand to a segment that will eventually start around 55,000 euros, where we in some point in time want to reach with the Polestar 4. So if you read between the lines, it's not going to start at 55,000 euros. It'll eventually get down to that price. I I think it's very telling that they said it's going to compete with the Porsche Cayenne. Um, Porsche Cayenne is a gas car. Well, do you remember that the Polestar 1, which is a hybrid, was going to compete with Tesla and it was going to be a Tesla killer, their words, and no one bought it. Right. And then they have the Polestar 2, which Which has been pretty popular. uh, People like it of the very few people who own one so far. Um, And then uh, shouldn't the Polestar 3 be competing with the Model Y, even though it's 10 grand more expensive? Yeah, I think they know that at that price point, it's just not, you know, you're not competing. You can't even compete. Right. So they're comparing it to a Porsche. Yeah, why? A gas Porsche. A gas Porsche, which, yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. No. And you can't put the kids in it to drive them don't to kindergarten. bring them to kindergarten in that car. If we catch you doing that. Because you don't do that in your Porsche, do you? <laughs> kids, get out of the Porsche. We're not, no, 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 no. And get out of the Polestar. We're not, no, 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 no. You guys are walking What car do we take, Dad? <laughs> get out, get out and walk. All right, I have an idea for a new law, Jesse. Okay, what is it? How about we have a law that says you can't have a public EV charger unless... There's a free gas pump built alongside it. What? So, in other words, no public EV chargers? Are you, are you kidding? I mean, why would anyone want to? That's the stupidest law I think I've ever heard of. Well, State Representative Ben T. Moss Jr. from North Carolina's District 66 apparently does. He has sponsored House Bill 1049, which would allocate $50,000 to destroy free public car chargers if... You don't also install free gas pumps next to them. So let me get this straight. Even if I'm a small business mm-hmm. that I own, let's say that I uh, ha- have a restaurant and mm-hmm. I install an EV charger in my parking lot to attract EV customers. Mm-hmm. If this bill passes, I'd have to install a free gas pump too. Or you would have to show on every customer receipt what share of the bill paid for the EV charging. Okay, so first of all, this is ridiculous. Why should a private business show on each receipt how much of my bill is going towards the EV charging? Um, Will it have to show how much I'm spending on napkins and toilet paper? Maybe. Oh, you know what? No free napkins unless there's also a free um, just big bundle of napkins that I could take home. Look, And, and in the bathrooms? Big uh, 64 packs, like like it's Costco or something, free. I could just take the toilet paper home. Why not that? Look, obviously, this bill is designed to slow down EV adoption. I'm sure there was a phone call that went something like this. 
Howdy, Ben. Dale here from the Automobile Dealers Association. How do you like your new job in the Statehouse? Oh, I like it, Dale. You like it? That's good. You want to keep it? Well, then here's what I want you to do for me. Yeah, I think what uh, Ben is forgetting about is that EV auto manufacturers are building factories all over the place, like the 2,000-acre VinFast factory going up uh, just up the road from him that will employ 7,500 people. And not to forget the Toyota battery factory going in outside Greensboro with 1,750 jobs. Ben, you're not suggesting that you're against good paying manufacturing jobs, are you? I mean, we build things for the common good all the time, even if not everybody uses them, like libraries, schools, fire departments. I've never had a fire at my house, so I'm not paying for fire trucks. Um, also, it's just what an asinine idea that it's like, well, it's, these are the same e free EV chargers and a free gas pumps. Those are the same. Now, it costs, I mean, it costs to put in like a level two charger like $5,000? You know what I'd like to do? What? I'd like to actually follow the rule of this bill. Uh -huh. I'd like to be a restaurant. I'd like to put in a free EV charger. And then next to it, I'd like to put in a gas pump with one gallon of gas in it. There you go. Free one gallon of gas. Oh, I ran oh, out of I gas. I ran out of ben. gas. Oops. Sorry, but I did build it. Actually, I mean, how how um, can't I just put a fake nozzle? And just say out of order on it. What are there they going to go. do? What are they going to do? <laughs> oh, it's out of order. Oh, I'm sorry. It's out of order. Oh, we'll get that fixed, this, Ben. This pretend this <laughs> little kid's baby toy. Oh, oops. Oops. No worky. Sorry. Sorry. Um, You know what else you what could is, do, North Carolina? Do? You could vote this <laughs> out of office. What a well, I'm not a crook. Bye-bye, Ben. So California-based Selectrac, the electric tractor company, has entered a partnership with Nolan Manufacturing to begin ramping up production of their electric tractors in North Carolina. Oh, wow. <laughs> you may remember that we interviewed Selectrac's founder, Stephen Hackeroth, uh, and its CEO, Manny Iyer, back in the spring on our Disruptive Investing channel. So production at the 10,000 square foot facility in Denton, North Carolina, is going to start with their smallest tractor, the E25, which starts at $28,000 and runs for three to six hours on a 22 kilowatt hour battery. Which will be followed by the E70N. This is bigger, but still narrow, so it can fit between standard rows. And the starting price for the E70N is $75,000. I got a good idea for a law, Jesse. I think, I, I, I think you should only be able to build electric tractors if you build a gas tractor factory next to that And it's factory. free. Yes. Free factory. Great law. Write it down. Okay. Ben, I got a new law for you. Hey, and if you want to share this completely asinine story with your friends in North Carolina so we can vote Ben out of office, head on over to our Now You Know Clips channel where we cut it into a bite-sized little clip that you can share with all your North Carolina friends. All right, it's time for Into the Future, sponsored by our friends at Henson Shaving. And, you know, I'm not the only person who likes my Henson Shaver. Um, I have been surprised. We have been actually getting comments on our videos of people who have gotten their Henson razor and liked it. Yeah. And commented on the video. I had no idea that people would do this, but they have because they like it. I'm just so happy to be promoting a product that people like. Yeah, if you want to get 100 free blades, head on over to HensonShaving.com and use the code now you know. Now, do you remember last fall when we told you about the Chinese auto manufacturer Xpeng's plan for its flying car? Right, the HD Arrow. And here it is, the CGI video that they put out to announce it. Um, didn't Xpeng say that it's coming out in 2024 and it'll cost $155,000? Yep, that's what they said. So how are they doing with the development? Well, I'll let you be the judge. Here is a video posted on the HT Arrow Waibu page last week. So I see an Xpeng steering wheel, but that doesn't look like a flying car. That looks a little bit janky. 
Yeah, uh, it seems like they're more than two years away from the beautiful flying car rendition that we saw. Uh, this looks more like, um, you know, like a practice attempt. I mean, I'm not. I don't want to take anything away from making a person fly in a car. That like uh, this flying drone is amazing, but it's not a car. And uh, I don't know. I just I don't see how you're going to get to the HT Arrow in 2024 if this well, it's, is it's where a you're bunch at. Bunch of plastic body panels. Like this is tiny. This isn't the same size as that giant car. Well, you got to start somewhere. No, I know, but like the, the Wright brothers didn't start with a 747, you know what I mean? I totally get it. I'm just saying uh, two years away. And comment below if you think we're two years away from a flying car from X-Pain. I don't know. I think this drone stuff's really easy. I just also want to talk about safety. I'm glad he's wearing a helmet. Yeah. I'm glad he's got some safety belts. Yeah. But if something goes wrong in that drone, man, oh, those blades. Test pilot. That's <laughs> the fun of being a test pilot. All right, it's time for Going Green, and we're sponsored by EcoWare. And don't forget that if you want to get the T-shirts you see on the show and all sorts of other things like hats and mugs and phone cases and pet apparel, head on over to EcoWare.us. We carbon offset your entire purchase from the production, the shipping, the life cycle, and we plant multiple trees for every order, and we help caps methane-spewing abandoned oil wells with the Well Done Foundation, so we make your purchase carbon negative. Start positive conversations today with carbon-negative products at EcoWare. So this is a fun story. It takes place in Iceland. So please forgive my mangling of people's names. For Jorik Paulsen, who is a hotel manager at Ranga, and Matthias Sven Bjorsen, president of the Icelandic Aviation Association, and many other sponsors of this project. Well, they purchased this Velis electro-electric plane made by Pipistrel. They moved it to Iceland by ship, and now they are training people how to fly it. This is the first electric plane in Iceland. Now, everyone watching knows why they did it, right? It's why we're into electric cars here on the show. Flying on clean electric energy instead of burning fossil fuels is the way to go. Paulson thinks we've reached a turning point, and he says, and more than that, when electric cars were starting up, there were many who did not believe in it. Since then, there's been a revolution in thinking. Many people are talking today about the fact that we will see flight become the most environmentally friendly mode of transport. And then we also take into account that it will be more environmentally friendly than electric cars. And it's not just environmentally friendly. This is also cheaper. This is simpler to operate. This is quiet. There are parties that are producing aircraft now who are more or less convinced that by the beginning of 2026, 19-seat aircraft will have started flying both here in Iceland and for that reason and in many parts of Europe. So good on Fjörk and Matthias. Uh, and the whole team of people who are running this project. I think that it will get attention like it has here and it will change minds about electric aviation. And like Elon said, it's all about speeding up the adoption of these new technologies. Yeah, it makes me happy to think that in a couple decades, many of us learning about this today will say, I remember when I heard about this first electric <laughs> airplane in Iceland and our grandchildren will say, you mean there used to be planes that burn fossil fuels? <laughs> All right, it's time for video contributor stories. Remember, we need your stories. Uh, send them in two minutes or less. Shoot them in landscape. Have some good audio, no music, and send them to hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. We got two stories this week, Jesse. What's the first one? The first is from Max, who sent us this video of his recent holiday in Spain, where the hotel had free hire Tesla cars. Hi, Zach and Jesse. I'm coming to you from South Spain, uh, specifically Andalusia. And a part of the hotel we're actually staying at, which is Ecos Resorts, um, you actually get a free hire car, which is a partnership between Hertz and Ecos Resorts. And as you can see, they're the Model 3. Um, they used to have Mini Coopers, but I believe now they've changed out for a full fleet. Um, first time actually driving one today, uh, and I thought it was fantastic. I'm definitely going to have to go and buy one. Um, so I thought I'd give you that bit of news and, and share that update. And uh, back to you guys in the studio. Now you know. Wow, that's just a couple hours north of where I was staying in Marbella. Uh, now, as you hear, he's thinking of buying one. So, I mean, this is so smart. Yeah, 
Uh, and again, butts and seats, right? And then we got Caroline at the EV show in Golden, Colorado. Today is April 2nd, 2022. Drive Electric Earth Day. So here I am at the Golden Real Estate. So, uh, what kind of car do you drive? A big gas puzzle. Oh no. <laughs> and then that's where we camp in the car. That was, okay. Yeah, you were you you <laughs> answering like all, all of my questions. questions. Hello and welcome to the Nissan Leaf. My name is Caroline and Jacob. We've traveled all over. Our most recent trip, 2,000 miles in three and a half days, was Zion National Park, Las Vegas, and the Grand Canyon. Yes, uh, what is your name? Sarah Sly. And what kind of car do you have? A uh, Rivian R1T. And what do you love about it? It's really fast. <laughs> and it looks cool. And it's a truck. I mean, uh, the first electric, all-electric truck on the market actually being delivered. It's, it's great. Special, unique experience you've had? Uh, lots of people are taking pictures of us as we drive down the road. <laughs> but we've only had it since Wednesday, so, you know. This is a 2020 Tesla Model X. Right? Like, since you've had your car, or something made, unique or special? You know, I, I, number one is how much the grandson likes the car. <laughs> you know, seeing that your fuel costs drop by 70% and you never stop at the gas station in the lines. What's your name? Rory. Okay. And what kind of car do you have? Jaguar. Awesome. I think. And um, how long have you had your car? Uh, almost four years. Awesome. It's a, it was, I got it in Christmas 2018. No, we got it. And anything special or unique you've had since you've had the car happen? Well, it's a winter package car, so it's got heated steering wheel, four-wheel drive. It's made for Colorado snow. So yeah, driving through, you know, two feet of snow. It's like, let's see if we can get it stuck. It doesn't. It's just like an army tank. <laughs> this great, great car show was really fun to talk about. Um, all the experiences I've had in my Nissan Leaf, and I can't wait for more. People just can't believe where I've been in my Nissan Leaf. So I met the guy with the pole leaf. He's not real, but he's never been pulled over. His name's Nigel. Yeah. My husband's more knowledgeable. Okay. This was a lot of fun. In this show, we had at least 50 cars come to the small, tiny parking lot of Golden, Colorado. Please consider coming to my YouTube channel. Well, thank you, Caroline. All right, it's time for the Patreon bonus stories. And on Patreon this week, we've got an Investor Club bonus story about Canoe and Walmart. We've got Patreon bonus stories about an amazing Tesla Chinese road trip and some new electric supercars starting production and a heartwarming story about... Uh, well, someone you're going to want to hear about and much more. So head on over to patreon.com slash now, you know, support us for just a buck a month and you'll get all these Patreon bonus stories. See you there. All right, we're back from our Patreon bonus stories. It's time for the shout outs. These are people who support us for $5 or more a month. They get their names in the end credits. Who do we got this week? Anthony at Tech Taste Daily. Ove Anderson. Austin DeSisto. Mark Paling. Fabian and Lisa, Jeremy Clark, George G, Alex W, Paul D. Otterness, and Christopher Carter. Thank you so much for supporting us. We can't do this show without you. All right, it's time for a Patreon poll. What did we ask this week? Uh, what do you think of GM's Ultium Charge 360 slash EVGO slash Pilot Network? And what did people think? The Most people were like, the who? The what? What are you talking about? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, 
I mean, I, I guess this is a breaking news story. So, Well, I mean, yeah, we got to see if this is real. But a lot of other people were hoping that the reliability is good. A, a lot of people are very positive about this. And I, and I yeah. think it's important to be hopeful that yes. it'll work. <laughs> All right, it's time for Elon's tweets of the week. And we started off with Elon's own Twitter meme of himself. They said I couldn't buy Twitter. Then they wouldn't disclose bot info. Now they want to force me to buy Twitter in court. Now they have to disclose bot info in court. And uh, he went on to say, oh, the irony. Some people are saying that they can uh, strike it from court documents. I don't know. There's so much fun legal advice on the Internet. It's just (laughs) how many lawyers are being employed by this for years to come. Oh, my God. It's. Yeah, I heard, you know, and you hear all these stories and, oh, they're going to get it done in four days. It's like, really? Wow. That's the fastest legal process I've ever heard. I love how everyone on the Internet now is a lawyer. I know. And they're just like, wow, <laughs> I, I know exactly here's what's going to happen. Oh, do you now? I don't. Alex says to those DMing me about how Tesla's 4680 structural pack is non-recyclable or of low recyclability, I believe you are incorrect. The battery pack seems to be designed for easy large-scale recycling of active materials via the bottom of the pack, not via the top cover. And as we've seen on Sandy Monroe, it is really hard to get the top cover off. Maybe it's easy to get the bottom cover off. And Elon says no problem to recycle a 4680 pack. Just think of any battery pack as super high-grade ore. It is always better to start with high-grade ore then low grade. And so this would insinuate that instead of having to tear open the pack and take each cell out and unscrew the top, which you can't do, and then, you know, take the stuff out and unroll it and then take, oh, I'm going to take this, you know, sulfate or whatever. You don't do that. You just take the whole pack and you <laughs> crush it up and then you separate it like it's an ore. And and we've talked to companies that can do this. Red Avivus. Yeah. Uh, Stephanie Rule said, imagine the positive impact you could have on the world, Elon, if you use the extraordinary amount of influence and power you have to spread decency, kindness, and positivity. And Elon responded, imagine if MSNBC did that. Oh, and Stephanie Rule, by the way, is a senior analyst for NBC. James Locke said, Elon, any word on FSD beta version 11? And Elon said 10.13 goes into internal beta tomorrow. External next week should handle Chuck's complex left turn. Now, if you're wondering what that is, uh, that's from that's from Chuck Cook's forward facing unprotected left turn video. Um, It's an unprotected left forward. uh, Well, here's a here's a picture to kind of demonstrate it. It's when you're going to take a left turn and there's oncoming traffic. I see. And you're like in the median of the road almost right it's a tricky maneuver interesting so elon said beta version 11 hopefully end of next month which just amounts to incorporating highway importance of version 11 has been reduced by all the 10x releases we're already mostly at version 11 so yeah version 11 isn't going to have any really new features it's just incorporating everything into one package Hmm. and then of course uh there's been 25 spacex cargo resupply missions to iss unbelievable yeah Tim Urban pointed out there are people alive today who were around when we still thought the Milky Way was the entire universe. Elon says, I wonder if there's a species in the Magellanic Clouds wondering who lives in the big galaxy they orbit. And so for those of you who don't know, there's like a tiny, not really a galaxy outside of our galaxy. Our neighbor? Uh, yeah, yeah, kind of. should go visit them. They can, oh, that'll only take <laughs> thousands of years. Elon tweeted out, nice try, NASA. <laughs> it's a joke. He was kidding. Tesla owner Silicon Valley said Starbase is one of the most unreal places you'll ever visit. When you see the size of these starships, you'll get that the future is here. Space exploration will be taken to new heights and getting to Mars is possible. Elon said the scale is mind blowing and anyone can visit. Ottawa Tim said temperatures on Mars average about minus 81 degrees Fahrenheit. However, temperatures range from around minus 220 degrees Fahrenheit in the wintertime at the poles to plus 70 degrees Fahrenheit. So seriously, what the hell do you do when you get there? Elon said Mars is admittedly a fixer upper of a planet. 
And then he went on to say, Mars may be a fixer upper of a planet, but it has great potential. So he's not trying to scare us away. Bring some tools, a little TLC, and you got yourself a nice planet. Think of the resale value. <laughs> Pernay said, Elon, what do you think is the estimated time frame for creating a self-sustaining civilization on Mars? 20 years? Self-sustaining meaning not relying or dependent on Earth for supplies. Elon said 20 to 30 years from first human landing if launch rate growth is exponential. Assumes transferring roughly 100,000 each rendezvous and roughly a million total people needed. So just saying, by his own estimates, 2050, we could have a fully self-reliant, stable civilization on Mars. That's within our lifetime. That's maybe. That'd be cool. If I don't get hit by a bus. That'd be really cool. Sawyer Merritt says, news, OneWeb is joining SpaceX in the battle over using the 12 gigahertz radio spectrum for 5G and satellite internet services. OneWeb is working on a similar high-speed satellite internet service as SpaceX, but on the enterprise side. Elon said, Charlie Ergen, who's the chairman of the Dish Network, is trying to steal the 12 gigahertz band meant for space internet. Not cool. Um, so basically, OneWeb is joining in with SpaceX uh, in fighting the Dish Network, who's trying to use 12 gigahertz uh, for 5G for phones um, when it's already being used for satellite internet. And Gary says, what can we do to help SpaceX? Elon said, write to the FCC. That would be great. And we told you how to do that last week. And then lastly, NASA Earth tweeted out in the summer of 2022, heat waves around the world felled records and fueled wildfires as temperatures climbed above 40 degrees Celsius, 104 degrees Fahrenheit. And Elon tweeted out, global seven blanks. Hmm. Hmm. Would warming fit in that? All right, it's time for Community Mail Time. Community Mail Time. And remember, share your stories, your photos, your videos with us at hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. We have the best community in the world. I learned so much from you all sending in your emails. Jacob sent this tweet about a Rivian Charger opening up here in Massachusetts. Awesome. Now, I don't think it's a great location, uh, Holyoke Crossing in Holyoke, uh, especially for a first Charger, because mm. I don't know where you'd go from there, but... Hey, I'll take anything. I mean, at the moment, the furthest west Electrify America charger is in like Auburn. So the whole whole western half of the state doesn't have any charging. So this this could be a critical link. It just doesn't get me anywhere that adventurous. But I, I'm great. Stefan says, I found probably the most scenic Rivian charger in Michigan, Holland State Park. There's two charging stations with four outlets, 48 amps. When I saw it yesterday morning, there was one Volvo, one Ford Mach-E, and two Teslas charging, but no Rivian. Hmm. And by the way, this isn't high speed. This is level two. But right. okay. Still great. Pretty. Uh, and Elaine sent us this Rivian R1T she spotted in Bolton, Mass. Nice. Jay sent us these pictures of two Polestar 2s that he saw in Toma, Wisconsin that were charging at very low speeds, he said, even though it was a high-speed charger. Hmm. He couldn't figure out why. Uh, Mark said, here are some pictures of a bright drop FedEx van. I talked to the driver and he said he loves it. They have plenty of range, 200 miles. He said the only way they would not have enough range is if he doesn't plug it in at night and he hopes he never forgets to plug in the vehicle when he's back at the depot. This FedEx depot is in the city of industry in Southern California. He said he loves how quiet it is. He also says it has more stability and has never experienced a package falling off the shelf when turning a corner as he sometimes did with a gas van. He said that they train the drivers for two weeks before they drive wow. and are adding more of these bright drop electric vehicles. So oh, thanks, Mark. Awesome. Great story. Rafael in Sao Paulo, Brazil, spotted a VW all-electric truck doing deliveries. In Sao Paulo, the capital, there are restrictions on big truck traffic during the day. Some major streets cannot have trucks during the whole day, from 5 a.m. to 9 p.m. Because of that, it's pretty common to see smaller trucks like this that do not have all the big truck restrictions. This VW all-electric truck has been available since Q3 of 2021. It has 408 horsepower, two different battery packs for 110 or 250 kilometers of range, and 11 and 14-ton versions. The price 
ranges from $156,000 to $200,000. And Greg found an actual company in Texas called Freedom Solar. Oh. And they are hiring. All right. Well, Freedom Solar. Call us up because uh, you... We'll do an ad for you. Great. Just what a great freaking name. Um, I think it's an excuse to get some like Uncle Sam outfits and be like, Freedom Solar! It's Freedom Power! It's from the sun, damn it! Hell yeah! Yes! All right, it's time for Supercharger Reviews. And before we do everyone else's review, okay. I was just in Spain okay. at what I think could be the most highly rated Supercharger I've ever seen. Okay. Check this out. Now your destination is on the right. What? Now your destination is Don't on the right. Don't fill the code. There's a secret code. And you type it in over there, and then the gate goes up. What? Craziest supercharger ever. So we're here at the Fuenherola, Spain supercharger. You can see how weird it was getting in here. There's a lot of uh, posts around that you have to drive around, but it's it's cool once you're in it. Um, and it looks like there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight superchargers. And I would say it's it's a ways off of the highway, about five minutes off the highway, but a beautiful. Uh, beautiful view and vista driving down here um, and you're right in a little hotel so there's bathrooms I'm gonna give this a 7 out of 10 because you know it's not perfect spot but uh, still great nonetheless now you know I don't I don't really get what you're talking about hang on like great... hang on I didn't think it was great either but I continue to investigate okay. and look what I found all right so maybe I'm gonna change my rating from a 7 out of 10 to a 9 out of 10 because uh, this is at a Hilton hotel with a pool restaurant the amenities, a uh, little cafe, so pretty wonderful spot actually to stop and supercharge because uh, you're going to be here for a few minutes, so maybe take a look around and have a bite to eat. Alright, I'm going to totally take back my last rating of 9 out of 10. I'm going to go to a 10 out of 10 because if, here's a little trick. If you're at the supercharger, go to the uh, roof on the second elevator and you'll find this little bar, which, uh, yeah, 10 out of 10. Oh, by the way, the music you're listening to, yeah, we have our own DJ. All right, we just had one of the most amazing meals up here on the rooftop. So again, I'm changing my rating from, from seven out of 10. I don't know what I was thinking. This is a 10 out of 10. It's a secret, guys. You guys are now in on it. When you stop at the supercharger, head on up to the roof, have a wonderful meal, have a DJ, DJ your meal, maybe swim in the pool. I know, I know, you're sick of my tips, but there's one more here I don't think you wanna miss. See this, this is a bus stop outside of the Hilton, and every 40 minutes there is a bus that brings you either down to the beach or up to the shops. Just another tip, if you're staying here. 10 out of 10, now you know. Wow, so it's like a, you gotta you gotta know. We had our own DJ. So you just, you just walked right into the hotel. I gave you guys a, a secret. Wow. No one else knows about this. That's, I mean. So while you're charging, wow. go swim in an infinity pool. <laughs> At the top of the building. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. All right. Okay. So bring your bathing suit. Yeah. That's and your appetite. I, okay. See, that is a 10. That's just, an 11. I just want to, I just want to, you that, know. Yeah. That's a six is great. Right. Okay. I don't want you to think that because a six in school, like a six out of 10, is like a failing grade in school. Right. Six is like 
awesome. You know, I thought secret code to get in the garage was already like a seven, <laughs> but like, wow. I can see why they need the secret code. Yeah. I would stay at this hotel, by the way. I, it's amazing. <laughs> it's awesome. All right, but let's see what other superchargers in the world. I don't think they're tens, but let's see. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Windy Grand Forks, North Dakota. This is an eight stall supercharger V3. And we've also got four charge point plugs at the end, right in the target parking lot. But there is a lot of shopping around, lots to eat. Kitty corner to this parking lot. There is a Starbucks, Jimmy John's, Cold Stone Creamery and Culver's over there. There's also a pizza ranch and a few other restaurants nearby as well. A nice good sized target here and Menards across the way if you need some other supplies. All within walking distance, although it will be cold here in the winter. There is a downside to this otherwise great V3 charging experience. The pull-in spot has been put in kind of backwards where you would just back into it like a regular spot, but a trailer is going to have to be disconnected unless they switch this around, which is probably unlikely. I'm going to say this supercharger is a 7 out of 10, but have a great day and now you know. Happy road tripping. Hey Zach and Jesse, this is Blue in Sacramento, California reporting the brand new underground DOCO supercharging station. There's um, 20 level 3 250 superchargers here, uh, along with a bunch of extra destination chargers and even some um, some like charge point uh, chargers for non-Teslas. This location is brand new. Uh, it's basically uh, in the middle of downtown. There's a Kings Stadium is here, the Sacramento Kings Stadium. Uh, downtown Sacramento is here. It's right off the I-5 freeway, the K Street Mall. There's a whole lot of stuff going on here. So it's a really great location. The only bad thing about it is that it's down in the second basement of the parking garage. So it's hard to get to and you have to pay for it. Um, but beyond that, it's a great location. Um, I'd probably give it a seven out of 10 just because you have to pay for it. And uh, like I said, it just popped up on my screen this morning and I thought you'd like to know. So now you know. Hi Zach and Jesse, this is Janice and I'm at the brand new 8-stall superchargers in beautiful Invermere, British Columbia, Canada. These were just installed last week so very excited for that. This is a great location. It's um, got an Esso station close by which also has two Tesla's level 2 chargers and it has a couple of restaurants um, close by as well. This was a great location for some new superchargers because this is a resort community with a lot of um, outdoor activities. There's skiing, golfing, lots of fishing, kayaking at the lake close by. It's very much a tourist destination so it's really good that they have the superchargers here so vacationers can come and supercharge here. So hope to see you here soon. Thank you. Now you know. Yeah, I, I think I think didn't, yours didn't meet my level, did it? Huh? Wow! I really set the bar. <laughs> well, Tesla set the bar. Yeah. Um, I just experienced it. Yes. Uh, all right. Thank you so much for doing supercharger reviews. Again, we have this on our website now. You know, channel .com. Um, You can check out all the supercharger reviews on a map, so it's hopefully useful for you. Um, we have new superchargers in the world, so if you we're like, oh, I didn't get to review those superchargers. Here's There's like always more. 10 more. Um, number 11 in Poland is the four stall, 133 kilowatts. Interesting. In Krakow, Poland. Number 94 in Norway is the 12 stall in Opdal, Norway. The 20 stall in St. Nord, France. 
Number 10 in Kansas is the 12 stall in Lawrence, Kansas. Number 56 in Italy is the 20 stall in Parma, Italy. Number 118 in France is the 12 stall in Colmar, France. Number 30 in Arizona is the 12 stall in Tempe, Arizona. Number two in Nova Scotia is the eight stall in New Minus, Nova Scotia. So now I think you can drive to like PEI, no problem. I mean, you could before, but uh, even more, no problem. This is this is all around Nova Scotia now. Number 48 in Pennsylvania is the 12 stall in Mill Hall, Pennsylvania. Number 21 in Missouri. There's 21 in Missouri uh, is the 12 stall in St. Louis. Number 46 in New Jersey is the eight stall in Hamilton at Woodrow Wilson in New Jersey. Number 42 in North Carolina. North Carolina, where you should vote out a representative. Uh, and number 1430 in the USA is the eight stall in Thomasville, North Carolina. And number 38 in the Netherlands, number 835 in Europe, and number 3581 in the world is the 24th stall in Ritterkirk, Netherlands. Nice. Woo. And you know, I just want to thank you for holding down the fort while I was in Spain. Thanks. I had a great time. Thank you, everyone who said, said such positive comments. I mean, that was really nice of you guys that you supported me on. My, I needed a little vacation, mm-hmm. so that was really nice. It was really nice to watch the show in Spain uh, that we put together. <laughs> and amazing. Thank you to our editors for being yeah. able to do, like, we just handed you almost the impossible and you put it together. So that's just, I love our team. Yeah. I love our community. I love you guys. This is That's why I like coming to work. Uh, I love working with you. I love working with the team. I love getting all of this news from around the world. Yeah. This is like the best job. Yeah. And and thank you so much for supporting us, all of our amazing Patreon patrons. These are the people scrolling past here. Um, If you want to be on this list, you can head over to patreon.com and support us for $5 a month. You'll also get access to our uh, Discord server. You'll also get access to our Patreon polls. You'll also get access to our Patreon bonus stories. Um, There are other levels if you want a bigger name in the end credits. Yeah, you know, mentioning that, since you waited till the end of the show, I like to put little secrets into the end mm. for those people who watch the end. Uh, if you're part of our investor club over on Patreon, uh, we're going to be doing some stuff that Jesse doesn't want us to do. Um, that's all I'm going to say right now. Um, so you might be like, what are you talking about? Hey, you're yeah, going to have to head on over there and find out. out. He's uh, uh, he's being cajoled, let's just say. Let's, uh, yeah, so if you want to find out what that is, you can head over to the Disruptive We'll investing. talk about it today on our investor club bonus story yeah, a little yeah, bit. yeah. All right, we'll see you guys next week. Now you know. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.